Bounces to Booker, zipping in, and hits the runner. Good morning and welcome to the Daily Ding. Happy Thursday morning, everybody. We've got all your action from a ridiculously busy Wednesday night in the NBA. It is Thursday morning. I'm Dave Dufour, and that means it's Andrew Schlecht on the other end of the dial. What's up, buddy? Oh, just everything, Dave. All all of the playoff stuff right now. I'm I'm getting excited. This is I, I know so, there's some people that don't like the play-in, but I absolutely love it because so many things matter now. Well, it added actual basketball game drama to the league. It, it, and you know, listen, there's a lot of people that say, well, it just cheapens the regular season even more, and it's already cheap because it's 82 games. Well, my, my thing is, you're not going to get fewer games, so let's take the thing that helps de-cheapen those games, which is, you know, give us early playoff basketball. I think tonight might have actually been the first night of the playoffs, Andrew. If you look at yep. the, the schedule tonight, there were so many games that had playoff implications, and we're actually going to take the second half of tonight's show, and we're going to talk about the West playoff picture after we talk about the Suns and Clippers because, look, man, all big games right now are going through Phoenix. And this is what happens when you're kind of an unexpected two seed. You get Chris Paul. You have this huge turnaround. You've got Devin Booker, who is he all NBA this year? He might be. With he, Given their success, he could be. He could be. There are so many guards. So many good guards. I know. Chris Paul is going to be all NBA probably. He should I mean, be, but there's there, we got to fit like 15 guards onto that team. It's insane. We talked about this the other night, uh, the other day on Buds where we were talking about who's going to be on the first team all NBA. We really need to add like two more teams because in any normal year, I think both of these guys could potentially be, you know, at least on the second or third team. And it's kind of it's kind of wild how great people have been, but you know, the Suns, they just keep showing up in these games. They are not scared of the moment, and they beat the Clippers. And honestly, they didn't really look all that worried. I mean, there was one point where they had a nice lead, and the Clippers started fighting back at the in the third quarter. And it just, to me, never felt like the Suns lost control, and that's the story of their season. Yeah, they just have guys that step up. I mean, you don't have Jay Crowder, who's a big piece of what they do. You don't have Dario Saric, who's a huge piece off the bench for them. And you have Frank Kaminsky coming off the bench, scoring 13 points. I thought DeAndre Aiden had some massive offensive rebounds toward the end of the game. And then you have Chris Paul and Devin Booker, who just do their thing. Like, Devin Booker just hits massive shots and plays really, really tough. And then Chris Paul, who's been unbelievable in the clutch, getting to the rim, finishing around the rim. He's been great. And Man, credit James Jones. He knows how to form a team. He just went and like sneakily got Tory Craig off the Bucks. It's like, let me just go grab that guy. He's played 30 minutes for them tonight and was extremely helpful as a defender, as a rebounder, as a guy who just does a little bit of everything. Uh, they've, they've got a lot of those guys, and if they can be completely healthy, I, man, I would not want to play this team. I know people want to talk about lack of experience with this team and with Devin Booker in particular with the playoffs. I don't want to play Devin Booker in the playoffs. No thanks. Yeah, look, Chris Paul, 28-10 and 10 in this game. DeAndre Ayton had kind of a quiet game, but he was actually very effective in, in spite of a poor offensive showing. I mean, his 11 rebounds were massive, but the six offensive rebounds, and it just seems like this is a theme when you and I are going to work together. DeAndre Ayton <laughs> is a monster on the offensive glass, but this is the stuff that I think in the playoffs gives them a little bit of an edge. They all scrap 
at the basket on the offensive end. And, and you know, you mentioned they're missing Jay Crowder as another guy that goes in there. He likes to tip balls out. They get a lot of second chances. And it's it, again, they have a culture that's built on that. I don't know, man. I waffle on this, on whether I trust them in the playoffs or not. I mean, I, I will tell you this. Watching them win games like they did tonight, where they, it's just, let's go in, let's be professional, let's let's lead bell to bell. Those give me a lot of hope, and especially when they can beat the Clippers. Now, for the Clippers, they were shorthanded. No Kawhi in this one, no Serge Ibaka, no Pat Beverly. And I think that too many people are looking at these guys being in and out of the lineup. Obviously, Kawhi and Paul George, I think they've both missed around 15 or 16 games this season. And they start comparing it to last year's team that had no chemistry. I think they're totally different. And Andrew, I think people are sleeping on the Clippers. Yeah, we talked about the supporting pieces for the Suns. I was, there's actually quite a few guys on this team that I like as well. The, the emergence of Terrence Mann. If you don't have those guys sitting, you don't get to discover how good Terrence Mann is. He's a guy that needs to be in the playoff rotation for them. You have Nick Batum that you added, who's just kind of an auxiliary piece there. Rajon Rondo, who has been actually pretty good for them and needs to probably supplant Reggie Jackson in the starting lineup. Uh, I like him as a guy that's going to set the table. That's going to just the way that he got in Devin Booker's face tonight there at the end of the game. I I love it. I love everything about it. He's got to be the guy to close games for them. And then you add Kawhi Leonard and Serge Ibaka to that mix. I mean, that's what they were missing. They were missing a guy in the middle, DeAndre Ayton. But they went small down the stretch. DeAndre Ayton was just grabbing every rebound because they just didn't have guys in there to do that. But when you add Serge. You add Kawhi to this mix. That's also a scary team. Man, I I honestly have no clue who I'm going to pick in the Western Conference going into this because there's just some spectacular teams in the West from Utah to Phoenix to the Clippers, Lakers. Even the, the Nuggets have still played well in the absence of Jamal Murray. Like that's If you feel really strongly, I, I want to talk to you because I just don't know who, who to pick out of that group. This is a as wide open of a playoff as I can remember. I I would say in the East, there is a very clear top three and everyone else. Yes. But in the West, it is all question marks to me. Are you telling me if, if Porzingis can come back from this latest injury and he's the good Porzingis, the great Porzingis even, and Luca is playing the way he is that they couldn't potentially go on a little run. Maybe somebody gets hot. I mean, this this could be the Western Conference in the NBA could be like a hockey playoff. I'm not mm-hmm. saying we're going to get the Warriors coming up out of the play-in and, and making a, a finals run, but we may be surprised at the end of the day who's who's left standing. It, the, the attrition has been off the charts. Yeah, I, I'm very excited to see it. And, and the play-in, like the play-in is going to be fun. The four teams that are there now, which we'll get to here uh, to in a minute, are all pretty fun teams. Well, I mean, let's go ahead and jump right into it. After the action Wednesday night, here is how the West playoff picture looks. The Jazz and Suns still separated by one game, and that game matters because it's going to happen Friday. <laughs> they, they are playing each other Friday, and if the Suns win, they're tied for first. And, and I mean, we're going into the home stretch. These teams are all at about 10 games left. Uh, it is It is – it's going to be hard to gain ground if you lose it now. And so if you're the Jazz and you want to be the one seed, you need to win on Friday. Yeah. And th- these games matter. And if I'm if I'm them, I'm just kind of watching what are the Lakers doing? Where are the Lakers in all of this? I might want to stay at two. 
I don't know See, if I want to go up to one. And it gets worse for everyone above them because only a half game behind the Mavericks in the seven seed and the play-in are the Blazers. Mm-hmm. Which means if things, let's say they go off the rails the next week for the Lakers, they could potentially be in the play-in. And a game and a half or a couple of games back from them are the Grizzlies. Now, I don't see them falling into the eighth seed or lower. Okay, so yeah. they're only going to have to win one game if they do drop to seven. But it is possible. And now when we look at the other the other seeds there, the eight, nine, and ten, um, you've got the Grizzlies Spurs tied at eight, and then the Warriors a half game back of both of those teams. And so we're going to have so much jockeying for position here. The, the big thing to note on the play-in, if you're the seven or eight seed, you play the seven or eight seed. If you're nine or ten, you play the, uh, the other one. If you win as the seven or eight seed, you're in as yep. the seven seed. So it doesn't matter that the Blazers are two and a half games up on the Grizzlies. Mm-hmm. They still are going to have to play in this play-in. And I think this is what you're you're hearing some teams chirp about. Because the Mavericks are only a half game out of the play-in. And they could just as easily be there as the Blazers are now. Yep. Yeah, this, this is what makes the last few weeks fun. Usually right now, we're not talking about a lot of these teams. And it it gets more people involved. Uh, there's a few games for this Lakers squad that are really going to matter. Monday, May 3rd, Denver Nuggets in L.A. That's a big one. Next Thursday night, May 6th, we have uh, Clippers-Lakers, which is massive. And then the next night, second night of a back-to-back, they play Portland. And then the game after that, they play Phoenix. So, big. so the Lakers really could be the seven seed. Yes, sir. These are real. Next week is the week for the Lakers. If you're trying to to put a date on it, I think by next Sunday night we'll have a better idea of where the Lakers are going to be and who, and who they're going to face, perhaps. So when's the Lakers next game? So they get they got Sacramento on Friday. Then they have Toronto, but then it's Denver, Clippers, Portland, uh, Phoenix. Mm-hmm. So. I wonder. I wonder if uh, if on the schedule Sacramento, Toronto uh, might look appealing. If a guy wanted to come <laughs> back and test out an ankle, just hey. just throwing looks, stuff out there. He looks ready. He's he's bebopping <laughs> out there during timeouts. I, I I think he's ready. I think he saw the uh, the Kings lose by fifty tonight and said, "Good I, lord, I could do that." Yeah, he probably was like, to the Jazz? Oh, we got this. That's going to do it for today's show. Don't forget about all the other podcasts we have over at The Athletic. If you haven't subscribed yet, go to theathletic.com slash daily ding and sign up now. Thank you guys for waking up with us as you do each and every morning. Andrew, send us home. Ding, ding.